The Bobcast is brought to you by your kind support and by Bob Cahill. You're listening to The Bobcast. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Tonight, a panel of guests. I tried to arrange them as strangers, but before this meeting, it turns out they all kind of know each other. But each of the guests tonight are from separate podcasts. This is the first all-star Bobcast. Uh, I'm going to go around and introduce everybody, then we'll get into it. Guest number one, Mr. Dave Arahu. <laughs> Rotation record spokesperson. All-around nice guy. Best hug I've ever received. <laughs> guest number two, Mr. Matt Sabia. Plymouth White Marsh High School. Alumna. Artist, poet, writer. Stand-up comedian as well. Joe Stingle, my favorite student from Plymouth White Marsh High School. I'm happy to report that, yeah, I chose a favorite. So everybody else, sorry, you're, you're in the dark. Um, so welcome, fellas. Welcome to the first All-Star Bobcast. Cool, man. Thanks for having us. Nice. Very nice to see everybody here this evening during the holiday season. Took me a little bit longer than usual to get here because of all the holiday traffic. Um, it is, what, December... The eighth, right? So we're in the middle of that madness, you know. But I mean, the thing I want to talk about right off the bat is like, there's been stuff in the news lately that I've been seeing, right? So like, like with technology, we seem to be so far advanced. But when it comes to society, I feel like we're regressing a bit. One of the things that happened this week in the news that I was shocked to hear was that Cleveland, Ohio radio station banned the song "Baby It's Cold Outside." Are you guys familiar with this? Really? God, that's the so. Right. It's my wife's favorite song. And it's also in the movie Elf with Will Ferrell, which is a holiday classic, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, you know, censorship right now is at an all-time high. Can't say certain things. Can't, you know, position yourself in a certain way. I mean, we have, um, you know, I just read this terrible story about Lester from CBS and all the grotesque shit he did. Let me just say this right off the bat. Uh, I do believe in the hashtag MeToo movement. Um, I was scared of girls way before that even began. I, 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 I'm, I'm still mystified by them. I'll do whatever. I'll open doors. I believe that they are the greatest, greater species. So let's get that out of the way. I'm sure everybody at this table feels that We're way. We're just scared to have them on this panel yeah. right now. Though. Well, I mean, you know, well, the female, it's, quite, the it's hard to get now the female accusers. The so. Yeah, they all come in like, you, you, and you, you've done yeah. this. But, I mean, yeah, it's a hard... Like a praying mantis, she's really going to bite my head off, you know? So it's like, come on. It's just a weird world. So, I mean, who wants to take it first? How do you feel, like, what's going on right now? You want to start with the elder statesmen, then we'll go around? Dude, I'm, I'm offended they're offended. Like, I, Talk I just, about that. I, 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 it's just so ridiculous, and it's just, political correctness is good in certain things. But when it runs rampant like that, we're, we're losing. We're all losing as a society. Just, we're just, it's digression at its finest. And when we should be progressing and like being more accepting about other things. Because I mean, look at what, we've, what world we live in now. I mean, for instance, just down the street in Bridgeport um, Borough, they just hired or voted in their first black gay mayor. It I know. doesn't get more progressive than that. Yeah. And I mean, and half of that freaking township still has a problem with that, which is like, Really? Why would you? You know what I mean? His choices aren't your choices, and that person's choices aren't your choices. It shouldn't even be an issue. So, I think that I think that uh, radio station, whoever it is, they're idiots. They should have never done that. I agree. Um, just real quick, uh, before I pass it on, 
uh, Mark Barbie, um, the mayor of Bridgeport. I worked with him at Panera Bread in 2005, for yeah. like a season or two. Great dude. He's going to be on the show soon. We're going to talk oh, good, about good. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about everything that's going on. There's a, a an amazing article that he's been a part of that really shines light on the whole situation. I think Philly Voice put it out, which describes the just the bombardment of uh, harassment that he's received since taking office. Um, yeah, lots. Dave, I mean, what, how do you feel about censorship right now in America? Uh, well, let's be honest. I censored Ohio out of my life a long time ago. Yeah. They had it coming. It is true. So I'm uncertain that I'm even paying attention to what's going on in Ohio, uh, especially since LeBron left. I don't think the world's <laughs> paying attention to what's going on there. So I don't really care what they're doing, but I'm not down with any. I'm not a real censor. I'm a freedom guy. So if I don't even know, what are you getting rid of? Baby, it's cold outside for? Why is that suddenly not If you, if you cool? read the lyrics, and actually, you know, I can bring them up. While Who we reads chat. anymore? <laughs> no, I read. I read three books at a time sometimes. Pull, pull, the, uh, <laughs> pull the lyrics up, but I am, I think the most shocking and amazing thing was to hear that we're censoring, like, music. Like, that is a regression to... to you know, I remember getting those CDs and those tapes back in the day, like Wu-Tang Clan, and even if Pearl Jam had one curse word on their thing, you know, parental advisory, you know, censor. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, crazy. I don't know how we're going to uh, expand in anything if if we allow that to happen. Joe? Yeah, I'm in the same boat, I think. I'm very much George Carlin-minded, so you can either... Uh, turn the volume down or change the station. That's that's your choice, and that's where it comes in. Um, I just find it so weird, like the the battles that people pick and choose to censor, because they're like "Baby, It's Cold Outside," which is a benign thing. It's on the radio from probably September to December. Who even really cares? Meanwhile, like they could have a reasonable fight if they were like, you know, we should really ban "Walk on the Wild Side" from the radio. <laughs> you imagine because it yeah. talks about quote giving head. I mean, you'd think that that would be something to be brought up in the past 40 years, but... <laughs> I, got, I got the lyrics right here. It's, um, I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I gotta go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping you drop in. The first paragraph of lyrics is pretty uh, self-explanatory, but this is the part I think that they're really getting into. The neighbors might think, baby, it's bad out there, so what's in this drink? No cabs to be had out there. I wish I knew how. Your eyes are like a starlight now. Bill Cosby reference, um, lacing of the drinks, perhaps. I I don't know. You know what I mean? But like, what's in this drink? Could be whiskey. Could be vodka. It doesn't specific. It doesn't say what's in this yeah, drink. Yeah. Oh, it's just Benadryl. You know, there's no. It's, right. So, does this it, not smell like chloroform? Right? Yeah, it's just chloroform. <laughs> Baby, it's cool. It's just straight. <laughs> it's such a classic song. I mean, when I first told my wife and. It, my wife is really hard to piss off. She got pissed. She was like, what? Are you kidding me, Bob? And I brought up the article, and she was just like, that's ridiculous. But I don't think that we're stopping there. It's like, we're, we are censoring music, but at the same time, I wonder the same audience who's censoring the music, are they also the ones who are protecting their amendment rights to bear arms? Is there any type of like demographic pie that we could look at to see who's who and you know what person's offended? So it's, it's really hard. And it's, it's really odd, too, to me that... like. What I was saying with technology, 
it's like we have all this information that are in our hands and like literally now at every red light we can't be still like everybody's on their phone now everybody's looking down at the crotch having a conversation like so did you like my choice of boxers or briefs today oh no oh it's green yeah. i gotta go and i wonder what will happen in 20 30 years either the technology improves to the point where we're not using handheld devices and it's all in our minds but i wonder as technology advances Will we also be censoring things and like saying that's not politically correct and that's not you know how society's going? And I don't remember ever a time in my thirty-eight years on this planet where everything is so scrutinized. Well, oh, absolutely. I'm wondering if I guess in a in a way I'm a, I'm a free kind of free freedom free market, but I'm still testing that that ground on, on what free market means. But we we also have the choice to you know boycott Ohio whatever radio station that is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't listen to most radio anymore because I have satellite radio. And it's like the one monthly subscription that I subscribe to other than my electric bill. So I, that is me choosing that I, I don't want that censorship. You know, I, w- I want to be able to choose whatever I want to listen to at any time. So we do have that choice, at least here. You know, at least here. America is that. What are you Yeah, I... I think it's like the same thing that there's so many more outlets as people get more scrutinizing there's so many more outlets for people to just be like I'm, like when you first said it I was like who even listens to FM anymore mm-hmm. I, I put on the FM when my phone dies and that's like the only time and I hate radio it was it was, so it was technology it's, <laughs> it's it, start, it started with WISP when YSP went I was mm-hmm. like I can't I just now it's just all all Eagles all sports radio really they, right. there's actually some good programming on there for the Eagles fans out there <laughs> listening but I mean I do know what you mean by that. Um, I'm just seeing on the news right now through Google that uh, CBS San Francisco radio station KOIT also banned the song. Well, it's good promo for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what, for the song, right? And, yeah, for yeah the they song. do. They, well, they want the promo. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, they're, everybody across the United States is doing it. I'm like, it's either they really meant it or it's genius promo. You know what I mean? Like kind of backward you know, way of looking at it, but, right. you know, I mean, I leave, you know, that's a hell of a marketing ploy. It is. You know? So, yeah, they're, they're saying, the critics are saying, yes, it does promote date rape. Um, the song was actually written in 1944 by Frank uh, Lucier, I, th- I think his name is. Um, that could be fake news, I'm sorry. But, yeah, it, it basically it's just saying that the guy's just luring her inside. He's just trapping her as a predator. But, I mean, her tone of her voice doesn't seem to suggest so much, but... It's just odd. Yeah. I, I, I like the freedom to not like it, though. I like the freedom that, cool. to, I like the I knowledge that. to know that, all right, that's what that song's about. That station doesn't have to play it, but I don't like the forcible kind of like, hey, we're going to get rid of that. This is what we think, and yeah, no more of this. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather be told, this is what the song's about. Now you choose whether or not you want to listen to it for whatever reason. Because, heck, most of the time you're sitting in the car, and you're not thinking about what that lyric is no. if you're me I mean a lot of people do listen to the lyrics and try to discover what the song is when I'm driving I just like the melody of what's going on well that's the next part of the conversation is like really when it comes to art and music and we're all you know fans of music here um, in different ways what happens when music it, it happened in the mid 90s when they tried to introduce the PRMMC, PRMC uh, you know uh, Tipper Gore was the you know oh, the yeah. parental advisory lyrics and stuff like that and there's actually, for the Bobcast listeners out there, if you want to Google something amazing, um, D. Snyder from Twisted Sister, he, oh he goes God, and yeah, he speaks on behalf of artists yeah. everywhere. With Truly leads to be The biggest hair ever, but the most sophisticated speech I've ever heard protecting 
the rights of musicians everywhere. You Extremely know? Like, articulate, man. He's yeah. a smart guy. Smart dude. And um, Frank I remember too. He was part of that. Yeah. 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 my favorite part line. of that. He's, He's awesome. What did Zappa say? He said, um, this is the equivalent of treating dandruff with decapitation. I remember that line, yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You know, I mean, so that happened in the 90s. And in the 90s, I feel as if, like, things were progressive. But I also tend to think that, and I think I heard this on... Um, I think Joe Rogan's podcast said this, or maybe it was Burt Kreischer's podcast, but the way America tends to behave is a direct reflection of the commander-in-chief. And I heard that today, and I was like, what? Okay, so what, what does that mean? So, like, Donald Trump, you know, obviously is very um, jaded in society. Some people love him, some people don't. And if, you li- if you're listening to this and you love him, that's fine, you know, but at the same time, this is a statement that I heard that I was like, oh, maybe that's the reason why we're so scrutinizing everything, because we don't feel safe right now with our leadership. Anybody want to take that one? Hmm. Uh, I think it's definitely reactionary. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you see people who, and I don't know if this is like a liberal or conservative issue, like who brought it up to ban this song or this thing, but I feel like people who are seeing the things that Donald Trump says and don't like it and don't like his political incorrectness are trying to recover ground because he acts that way by saying like all right we got to sterilize what we can because this is getting out of hand if you know if we let the president you know trash a gold star family well we can't have songs about date rape on the radio like they're just trying to get whatever he, they he, can he, to he keep raped people though right there was like didn't so there's like a bunch of lawsuits that have never on, on Donald day. Trump, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think his one of his wives has a mm-hmm. court case and stuff like that. Yeah, what do you think, Dave? Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how necessarily that plays true because you know, I just think that in America as it is, we're it started off as a very Puritan country, right, with the Quakers and you know, moving in of the uh, the whole religious right has been always established in this country from the very beginning, going all the way back to the entire history of the United States. And maybe there's a little bit of that running rampant in that, too. I mean, I understand there's women's rights, and I'm all for it, and I you know, I totally believe in it, but I, that's just it's just a little too far-fetched to me to even try to understand the concept that, oh, because this is who's in office, this is the way I'm going to react, I, I don't think that's going to have way a lot of forbearance on what decisions I decide to make with my life mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. Because, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it, and that's that. Yeah, and know? this is also coming from, uh, you're, you're a Marine, you, you serve for your country as well. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and also too, like I've spoken to other Marines um, and other people who have been in service. When you're defending uh, your country and, and uh, you know, doing your service, like, you're not really thinking of anything except that, right? Like, it's just, this is my job, I'm here to protect America or defend America in some cases. Yeah, I believe in the freedom of America, and that's what makes it mm-hmm. so great. I mean, they did have the choice to ban that song. We do have the choice not to listen to it. We do have those all those great choices because of those men and women that you know did what they did for us to keep us free. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a beautiful thing. That's why I serve because I, I believe in freedom that much. How long did you serve for? Four years. Well, thanks for the service. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so, w- one one could. Um, I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, you know, like, there's certain situations in America right now that I find we should be talking about daily, and they kind of just go away with the news cycle. The news cycle tends to, you know, show certain things and then not others. One of the things that upsets me very much is um, the migrants, you know, like, trying to come into the country. 
uh, and like the way we're treating people there. And like last week, I don't know if you guys seen on Facebook or Instagram, like there was this meme going around, and my conservative audience was posting pictures of it. It was um, one of the migrants with her um, like teenage daughter, nine year old daughter, or something like that, and she had an iPhone, and they were ridiculing her because. She's trying to get into our country, but she has their her, their argument was she has enough money for an iPhone. Why do they want to come into our country? It enraged me. I wrote a few comments. I deleted them because I need to, you know, if I'm going to be a moderator or a host on something, I, I tend to try to stay neutral and let other people talk about it. How do you guys feel about that? How do you feel about the current state? We're in a we're in a weird world right now. Um, first off, to to key off of what you guys were just saying, I feel like the Trump thing or where we are as a country is almost a, a re-education point a point where we all need a, a new education just like that song if we're basically saying all right everybody you were just going down the road singing this baby it's cold outside but side note it's also about date rape sorry so <laughs> we're throwing that in there and kind of going hey we want to tell you about this we also need to tell you that the majority of our leadership is male, probably some kind of chauvinistic, you know, thumping, um, we are the greatest, nothing else matters kind of leadership. That's what I think the world looks at and, and sees from what we have right now. So, And that attracts people. They want to come. They want that energy. They want that <laughs> lifestyle. I, th- I think it's, I don't, I don't know if it's as much the attraction as it is how bad is it there? Like, how bad does it have to be where you are for you to make that trek? Or even think about how, uh, just uh, just being a human, just being any one of us, mm-hmm. how easy it is to sit on the couch. It feels yeah. good. If it's warm, mm-hmm. you know, it's freezing cold outside right now. Mm-hmm. It feels warm in this kitchen. I'll stay in it for a while. Mm-hmm. What's it going to take to get us out of this? You know, it's going to be freezing cold. Gonna be, there's going to be a fire. Who knows? And I don't know what's going on down there in, in South America or any of these other countries mm-hmm. that, but I know how I got here. You know, I know how my family ended up here, and that was through war and, you know, pillaging and everything else. And hey, we got to get the hell out of here. Where are we going to go? America. Now, I think so that, and then re education, I'd say now we're in a whole other topic of Trump is a guy who is a nationalist and wants to kind of build the walls and say, here we are, here's our castle, this is us. I think it should be the reverse. We should be spreading this word out everywhere else. You know, we should be saying, hey, look, freedom's cool. We dig it. Freedom of speech is cool. We dig it. Get all these other jokers to change, you know, or at least mm-hmm. fall in love with it and, and create it in their own space. Well, what you said, too, about the Puritan aspect of, you know, coming to the country and, you know, allowing different people from all sorts of different, you know, walks of life in, I mean, that's predominantly like the you know how it started but now it's like they they've kind of you know like well no you can't come in now we're going to shut these walls down um what how do you feel being that you're the youngest of this panel and you're representing that generation how does that make you you feel um i'm kind of in a weird boat i think because i'm also like on this topic i'm so radical i'm like get give me give me this is the podcast you can get radical give me your hungry your tired your poor like Mm -hmm. do it like bring like of course if you want to be here in my mind if you choose to come to this country, you are way more American than someone who was just born mm-hmm. in a hospital here and raised to love the 4th of July. Like, these people walk thousands of miles to come to this country. Like, walked with mm-hmm. kids and anything they could carry in their hands 
and however far they get, they get, um, knowing the dangers from other people that tell them um, what lies ahead of them. So I'm like, yeah, let them all in. That's my aspect. I mean, there's room, right? Right. You, you guys, think? you guys travel before you've been out yeah. Midwest. There's nothing but room out there. Right. right. I yeah, mean, like there's nothing but them. room. You know, and like, it, it, not to. One of the things that the country did that I mean, I re, like the the version that I had to teach in high school. Mm-hmm. I hated teaching that version. I really wanted to teach my own class. You know, Bob Kale's fucked up true story of American history. I always like, wanted to write a book. Yeah, I mean, there, what, there, white, white, there's white a fantastic the book, um, Lies My Teacher Told Me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fantastic. I mean, it goes into some of the things we're talking about right now. But I mean, like, anytime that we had, um, you know, something like something going on going on with a different like uh, nation, like when J- when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, we set up uh, J- like Japanese um, concentration camps here in America right. to protect them. You know. So there was things in place like that, you know, but, like, I just feel as if, like, a little bit more humanity, not allowing them into the country because we've never made, like, a, a proper, like, you know, procedure, like, to allow people in, like, expediting them quickly rather than be like, oh, you got to wait, you got to get married to somebody, you got to have a green card, you know? Mm-hmm. I go back to the movie Coneheads. I know it's fictional and it's stupid to think, but, I mean, in Coneheads, they're illegal Americans. And, you know, they articulate into society and, you know, they have things that, you know, they can contribute. I, I just, it just breaks my heart, really, to, like, see shit like that. And it's just, like, you know, like, I just don't think that that's, like, the America that, like, I grew up learning about or the America that I believed in. I just don't want to see anybody mistreated. I don't want to see anybody uh, gassed. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just, right. I, I don't believe in that. There's got to be a different way. I, I don't know how, I don't know how controllable, uh... I think it's completely uncontrollable, and and there's going to be a lot of people argue with that. But I think to a degree, we're if you just look at moving from one community to another, if you if you've ever moved schools, if you were ever in an elementary school and had to go to another one, you know at first there's never enough room. You know there might be 12 seats in that class, mm-hmm. but there was only 11 the day before you got there, and none of those kids want you there. You know, and it takes a special person to reach their hand out. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about that a little before, you know, it gets into bullying, all that stuff. But it takes a lot to reach a hand out. So, it, like, if, Joe, right? Yep. If you are the radical one, well, God, you better continue to be the radical one because you might be that hand that reaches out and changes those three other people in the room to go, you know what, maybe we do have some room. But I always wonder, and I think that's the world that Trump's playing to, and, and maybe a lot of, I think as you get older, a little more conservative, a little more fear. You know, it's, you really want to make sure you're not letting that one in, in this radicalized world that's extreme to the, to the other degree, mm-hmm. you know. And, and that's what I think they're playing to. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't know what the answer is to that. And I think all of us would sit here and kind of challenge yeah, like, how, I, how There's you, no way we're ever going to fix that? that problem. No. There's no way we're ever going to fix something that we can't see because it's a religious war. Right. And when True. it comes to religion... Nobody knows where the hell we're going next. And these guys, you know, they believe it. Just like somebody who has this church every Sunday believes that they're going to heaven. So I don't know how to fix that one. I mean, one could say that there's a a simple solution, but I just... uh, Unless we invent the superhero, there's no other way around it. And, you know, I wish that that was the case because, you know, it would be pretty nice, you know? You know the funny thing, like, I just interject about the uh, immigration thing. You know, I'm with you, uh, Joe, and I, I... I have a hard time with people 
you know, said, oh, they're, they're terrorists and, you know, they're, they're, they're infiltrating through that way and, you know, they're coming in through those routes. Well, you know, you, you do your background checks, you, you know, you check them, but please let these people come in yeah. and contribute to society mm -hmm. because, you know, what jobs are they really taking? Okay, they're, they're, they're raising your children, building your houses and cooking your food. Big yeah. deal. Like you're, you're taking all the jobs that you don't yeah. want anyway. You know what I mean? That and someone's got to do it, yeah. and I mean, and they're more than willing to because they know that they're going to get a better paycheck than they could have ever gotten in Mexico or Laos or wherever mm. they were. They were third world country they were in that made them and fought for that way to get into the United States. And you know when those people say those things, I'm like, why don't you kick yourself out? You're an immigrant too. You know, don't who's using who? What should we do? do You're a bitch and a prostitute. Little white stripes, man. They're coming through. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's just, it's just so ridiculous. Like me, for instance, it, it's it touches me really close because I'm first generation on my father's side. Mm -hmm. I'm four generations on my mother's side. So my father, my father was born in Sonora, Mexico, mm -hmm. but but he was a civil engineer and came to the United States, became a U.S. citizen, and actually served for the U.S. Air Force. Mm -hmm. So you know what I mean, like. Not everybody coming through the thing is some evil mastermind that's going to bomb something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if there, there are, you know, ordinary, reasonable, prudent individuals that are coming into this country because they just want to make a better life for themselves and their families. And you're going to fight that? I, 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 what you were saying, what you guys were both saying, though, like, you know, these people are coming and they're working jobs that we don't want. I propose we make some sort of new job for them that they could tackle easily. Now, there's many different things in our economy. The wall. I mean, well, I mean, the walls. When you is, come in, please ridiculous. put a brick I mean, on top of the wall. Uh, Think uh, about the Berlin Wall. on your journey. I mean, we were, I don't know, what year were you born? I was born in 93. Okay, so like. What, when? 93. Yeah. He looks so, older, doesn't he? I mean, he I would never. really does. You know, at least 50 <laughs> That's why he's my favorite. Even when I had him, like, I think the first time I met him was like ninth grade, maybe? Like the Mexican guy. Middle school. Yeah, middle school. He was the same way. He's very smart. I feel like, I feel like you need to go back. So this was your student at one time? Yeah. yeah. Correct. But we maintained friendship because even when, when I met him like in seventh grade, I was like, kid's smart. You know what I mean? And plus, mm. I thought his mom was a really nice person, you know, in the Stinkle family. Isn't there like a teacher-student thing? That we're no, no more, man. I'm, well, actually, I'm retired from teaching. <laughs> you know, you know I, 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 yeah, I, I, yeah, I've yeah. actually said Did that. Did you really? I'm, I'm done teaching, yeah. I, I, I'm when done. did you stop? Uh, this was my last year. I have a new job. Oh, wow. But no, I'm just not doing it no more, man. Not doing it. It's yeah. just. Uh, well, if it's not fulfilling, then you. It was fulfilling. Decision. It was very fulfilling. But um, that last talk we had just did it. Huh? Talking about. It was the start of it. To be yeah. honest. I, well, I think you mentioned it in there. You said. I it think was I'm the start of it. It was just like, well, I, you know, I, I have my own son now. You know what I mean? Like I could teach him, and that's more important than anything. Absolutely. And uh, my problem is, is that father. I'm just too vigilant. I mean, last year alone, there was four altercations that I was involved in on a school campus with people trespassing, where I very well could have died in 2018. And fuck that. I'm not dying for my son, man. I mean, like, at least if he gets older, I'll go back to teaching. Then it don't matter because then it would be, you know, I always felt like it would be, like, you know, if you're going to die, do it protecting somebody else. I mean, like, they say that shit in the movies and stuff, but there is something very noble about that, protecting other people. And I think that's really what I got into teaching for. It wasn't to discipline kids, maybe to educate them, but to guide them, you know. And, like, that aspect fell apart. And then the other part that fell apart recently was just, like, parents, man. This new generation of parents asking me to watch their kids after school. I'm not doing that, man. Was, was there a uh, was there a weapon involved, or were your grappling skills not up to snuff? Or how, how did that? <laughs> how were you, how'd you no, feel threatened almost, almost uh, I don't know. Well, I don't ever feel, I, I, I never felt threatened myself. I felt threatened for my students once. Uh, 
I really can't go into too much detail just because I signed a confidentiality, like one of those confidential agreements where yeah. I can't talk about it in post. But no I mean, disclosure. Yeah. I can say that uh, there were some dangerous scenarios, you know, and like I could tell you guys after the podcast wraps, but um, sorry, I just can't reveal that. But um, it sucked, you know, and like I see that escalating, and I saw that even more so years ago when I was teaching at Plymouth White Marsh High School. The kids then, you know. It was it was like the end of something. It was the end of like innocence in a way. Like as soon as technology had taken over everybody's minds, and we're all stopping looking down at our phones at red lights, it's like our mind just like allowed these evil spirits to get in, and like all this crazy shits to start happening. You know, and like censorship. I mean, well, you know what censorship? Gotta, gotta I, I don't think censorship down. creates people to be evil towards one another. I think that's like a, it's like a part that's back here that you know something you can get into an accident somebody could say something and just trigger it and then like because i think that most of the kids who are acting out in schools like that they're they've definitely been bullied in ways and i used to see the worst bullying ever man you know like it was the worst i hated seeing there's that no kid. control over free will you know i mean that's no know, that's it's just the way it no. is you I, know just, I mean it's just people are going to do what they want to do you know but what, just, what is this what's the psychic like okay so like what is it, a kid that's planning? And I just saw something recently. There's a thing uh, on the internet now. There's a school shooting being planned for 12, 12, 18 somewhere in California. What goes through somebody's mind to become one of these, you know, fatalistic, you know, uh, assassins who go in and like kill all these young innocent children? Like, what, what? How is that? Is it? It's like the Mark David Chapman of the like 2000s. You know what I mean? Like, let me kill somebody i just don't fucking get it and, and like i don't want to be a part of it i just don't want to be a part of it no more i don't want to be part of the system that i don't want to be a part of a system too that makes kids feel inferior towards one another i mean even in itself having ap bio you know what i mean right. somebody knows i'm dumb now i'm dumb and this guy's going to college and i'm going to be working at sunoco oh you know? right like, yeah 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 there's like the school, games the school, type thing, there's yeah. so much shit like that that we do yeah. that we Marticulate into our education, we matriculate into society, the way we treat people, into our social media. You know, everyone's always quick to take pictures of themselves drunk on Friday night, drunk on Friday night or Saturday night, but I would like to see what they look like the next day all hungover. You know what I mean? Like, show me the real deal, I, you know? I think uh, I think you may not be giving enough of credit for, you're saying you want a guy to get out of that, but what you're getting into is the solution of going back to your kid and, and I, yeah, yeah. you know, theoretically or whatever. <clears throat> My wife trying and I, to we, we talked about moving out of the country. Right. And honestly, like, for, I would love to go abroad like for the first time ever with my family. I just, I mean, I don't see things getting better here. If yeah. I could jump on that. Please. Um, kind of tie it back to immigration. So I actually did try to leave the country in uh, 2016. I moved to Australia um, with the hopes of staying. And <clears throat> it basically the same thing. I've been planning it for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, had it got enough money because in Australia you need to have a bank account in order to go there. Um, and it is definitely a different world out there. Mm-hmm. What, part, it, what part did you go to again? I moved to first to Sydney and then to Canberra, mm, okay. the capital city. Mm. Um, but part of it was all these reasons of just things just seem to be escalating here that it is not happening over there. Um, now, on the front of immigration, it is its own animal over there. Mm-hmm. Um well, is, that, is that true? That went, So did you find it to be true that when you went there, there wasn't, or uh, did you find it to be similar? Uh, Society-wise, I felt it to be similar, but um, it was definitely way different. Like, there was a, a plaza called St. Martin's Place, which had a bombing in Sydney uh, about 10 years ago, and it was not the way we do it here, which is like a plaque and mourning and silent and... All this stuff, it was like, yeah, it happened. We moved on. 
let's heal, let's mm-hmm. not get mad at people for what they did, um, and also crediting domestic terrorism as much as foreign terrorism and stuff like that. Um, trying not trying to make amends because they have a similar history to us with natives and with immigrants and mm, fought in the same wars. Mm-hmm. Right, correct. And um, so they're trying to make amends. That's why I liked it so much. But I also felt my own privilege again, even as an immigrant, um, that I was coming in as an American and all I needed was five thousand dollars. So you have to have five thousand in an Australian bank account. I never knew. No, that. in my own bank account. In your own you, bank but account. you have to prove that you have five thousand dollars. Well, I have five thousand. That's what they said yeah, for, for, for my for my visa. It says you need to have. $5, I have some dollars. Australian friends I can call upon. What time is it right now, Australia? <laughs> it's, um, it is three hours. It's, it's that would be eleven a.m. Are, are you still there, or what brings you back, or how does? This, no, I'm I'm back because I ran out of money. Because mm-hmm. it turns out people don't like to hire immigrants, uh-huh. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I couldn't find a job. But wow, um, that's crazy. But I still felt my own uh, privilege, even just coming in as an American. Because all I needed was $5,000 and a college degree. And it was, yeah, come here, work, do whatever you need to mm-hmm. in a year. Meanwhile, people who come to Australia from Africa go to Christmas Island where they're, it's illegal to try to contact people from home. It's and illegal to try that. to contact the mainland. Mm-hmm. And you're there indefinitely. So people are basically dying in tin huts as sanctioned by the government. So, so nowhere is perfect. But, no, no. Um, and I think that what... What makes America great, like we were talking about, is that we have this system that should be striving for near perfection. Where did, we, where did it go wrong, though? Like, 2001? Like, 9-11? Like, it seemed... Like, I remember growing up thinking, like, oh, my God, America's great. Ronald Reagan's leading us uh, as the greatest nation in the world. Rocky is a, a real person. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go America. You know, I always felt that growing up. And then somewhere along the lines, it changed. Um I have a, uh, I have a contingent who's out there. Who knows if they listen? But there's a, you know, a, a far left, far right. Then you have a whole group of uh, socialists who are out there. You mm-hmm. know, and then the Bernie, then the lighter side of that is is the Bernie love. Bernie and <laughs> he's running an age. He'll be what eighty when it's gonna. Yeah, run. he'll just he'll just keep doing it. But the where was I trying to take that? It was basically. Did we, did we go wrong? For me, for me, it went wrong, or at least those guys all know. A lot of people know that are more educated than me, but I, I always kind of lay back, and, and eventually I, I come to my conclusion. But when uh, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, when Bush turned into Bush, when, you know, basically I guess when you went from Reagan and after, when you started to realize the lineage, even the Kennedys, when you started to realize that it was that upper-class tier and it was, um, you know, family. Boom, boom. We're just going to keep piling this on. For me, that's mm-hmm. when everything changed. And I don't know if everyone's in tune with that, but I think if we all sat back, we're not happy that it's all being run by one set of people. You know, for how many years now? Mm-hmm. It's almost my. I think for us, almost our entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. For for you, it is, for Joe, it, it is your entire lifetime. So. One crew is running your whole... And, and if they were doing a fabulous job, mm. that'd be one thing. We all have questions we have about questions. what they're yeah. doing. So. Some of them. Um, everyone should travel. I, 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 I want, you need to get out of the country and get a different perspective of the way people live. One of my favorite places was Spain. My second favorite was Israel. I, I, both countries were just 
extremely, extremely surprising. Like, I just, you know, you don't know what you're going to get when you get over there. You know, you just kind of like, okay, I'm here. You know, let's just mm -hmm. travel around. And it was amazing, the level of respect, the... Um, how gracious everybody was with each other and how kind everybody was to each other and just the way society should be it was it's abundantly present mm -hmm. there to the point where like even the most like subtle things like i remember one night we were cruising out and this was when i was in the marine corps and we were, you know, we were bar hopping and stuff like that and you know when you get a bunch of guys together hooting and hollering about to go drinking you know they're whooping hollering barns around each other carrying on right you know gassing off so <clears throat> there's this couple, there's a little old lady with a daughter, like I guess granddaughter, holding hands. It, they immediately stopped, stood to the side, asked her if she needed help, and then proceeded on with the rest of their night. Would you see that in downtown Conshohocken on a Saturday? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. right. We don't even Sadly enough, strangers really around. The answer is sad, you know? no, you wouldn't. But over there, it was just like, I mean, it, that, that, that grace and mm -hmm. that sense of propriety was abundant everywhere I went and I'm telling you that's what's missing this country man it's just, I, uh, you know, like that civic duty is mm -hmm. a good word we all have a responsibility to each other people think, oh no you live your life fuck you I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I don't have to be responsible for you no but you know what simple things like the way you let someone through you know when you come to a red, red you know stop time that civic duty you express hey buddy go ahead and go first that's a civic duty that you owe to that person mm -hmm. and if we all follow that same rule We'd be a better play, but not everybody has the same so same home training. We weren't raised the same, so people have this uh, tendency like, "Oh, well, screw you guys! It's all for me." You know what I mean? Like, this should, society just shouldn't be that way. I too, uh, I, I feel um, similar to what like when I traveled out of the country. It was an amazing exper amazing experience, but I also felt the same way when I traveled and lived in the state of California. California is its own fucking country. It is, man. It's pretty okay, awesome I, out there. When I when I first moved there, I was twenty three years old, and I remember. Uh, walking across the street, I was walking across the Hollywood and Highland, and traffic stops. All like, oh, yeah. For, forget this yeah, endless yeah. line Extremely of traffic that nice extends over the horizon. Right. We will never be able to see the end of it. But please walk. They even had in Glendale, California, a walkway that would like light up, so like that way you were protected at nighttime. It totally different. You know, people look at you in the eye. They would, you know, acknowledge your presence. Hey, nice to meet you. You know, how are you feeling? You know, and like, yeah. I wish that, you know, I could afford to live there still. I'd like to go back there. But I mean, it's also too, it's like, you know, that country, excuse me, that state right now is in, in a bad way, man. Like, I, I know some people who lost their homes recently and it just oh, sucks. Yeah. But here's, a, here's another um, part that I want to bring up. Okay, so like, you know, we're talking about people getting into the country and people wanting to be a part of America. Let's talk about the the opposite. A couple of weeks ago in the news, this guy John Allen Chow, who's 27, he traveled to the island uh, North Sentinel Island, which was uh, in the Indian Ocean, and he tried to um, basically uh, change the natives' the minds into like allowing him to come into the island. I think he wanted to spread Christianity. He was a, like a missionary, uh, and they killed him. And the odd thing is, as I read into the story, I mean, not only they let him go, and then he came back, and then they killed him. You know, so like right now, I'm not really sure where that is. Like, is it, if his body's been uh, removed from from there, but it's it's odd. It's odd to think that there's these places in the world nobody goes to, and it's just like the way it was thousands of years ago. And they meet outsiders with violence. Did you guys you guys hear about this story? I, I have no idea. I, I, I I'm sorry. I'm laughing. 
for for who, his entire fan. But I heard, I heard a follow up interview. Just that whole story. You you started with, are we regressing? Like yeah, wow, wow. The the fact that you can go find an island, where there are native people, who are doing their own thing so much to so that say keep the hell out. Like keep out. Like forget the wall. We're just gonna shoot you with arrows. Mm-hmm. And and to think that. This still the fact that the missionary thing. Wow, that's tough. That's tough. Like this kid apparently had such a, such a drive and su- his, you know, who he was was to Seriously. spread Christianity or or whatever religion was, and he couldn't stop doing it. Apparently, like you know, he was obsessed by it. Well, it's been so going, on, like, going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. Missionaries like trying to preach. I mean, Christ, we came here to America and told the Native Americans, you know, Jesus. Do you know who he is? Like. I think that maybe that is where we went wrong. Look, you want to believe in Sesame Street, you want to believe in Fraggle Rock, I want to believe in Scooby-Doo, you want to believe in He-Man, believe in whatever you want. Right. Believe in whatever you want. doesn't make a difference who who believes in what, you know, spirit or whatever, just let's all sit down at the table and be able to, you know, have a conversation or break bread. It just didn't happen here for this guy. Though. It's like the extreme case of slamming the door on, a, on like, a Mormon or something. Is like, yeah. They're just like, you want to do what? You oh, that believe? was so. He was like a Jehovah Witness. Yeah, like knocking on, your on door, the door, and they were like, "Honey, shut the door. Wait, honey, wait, get, get the bow. Yeah, get my spear. <laughs> Listen, if you come back, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I, that would be enough warning for me. Like, you know, sometimes at some places, dude, leave well enough alone, man. Come on. Am I the only that, one that stays thinking? like that for a reason? For a reason, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it doesn't. Am I the only one thinking, like deep down, that maybe I want to be on that island? Oh, like I want to be a part of their tribe. Like, some part of me wants to be that, too. Like, leave me the hell alone. Um, we're doing it right here. We got enough coke. So, I, I don't, you know, like, but that throws a whole wrench in everything we've been talking about, you know? Do you build the wall? Do you, do you put the spears out? I don't know. Well, just, what do you do? It's a direct polar opposite of what's going on now. I was, I was thinking, like, okay, so there's, like, all these people who want to get in, and then there's this other place on the other side of the world. We're like, don't fucking come here, man. Don't yeah. even try. Don't come here. There's pictures on the internet. Um, if you go on YouTube, actually, and you type Talk in. Talk about anti-immigration, you know. Yeah, there you yeah go. don't come that's, in. That's it. Right? Somebody flew a GoPro camera over, um, a dr- like, a drone over their island, and you there's can see close-ups so of them, and they are pissed. I can They're looking at it. To is them, it, it's, it's it, like, you know, El, El Diablo, the end of the world. So is that the same one this from years ago? Is that the same one, like, two years ago? And I think that this guy guy had seen that report a few years ago, like three or four years ago. It was in the news cycle. And then it came back. But um, just crazy. And, like, the fact that his parents knew where he was and what he was doing. Like, what? If I called my mom and I was like, Mom, I'm in the the Indian Ocean trying to convert these people to Christianity. Get the fuck home. What are you doing? When are you swimming with piranhas? That was seriously. That wouldn't stop you. That conversation with his mother must have been crazy because it must have been, like... You shouldn't go there. It sounds dangerous. And then he's like, "Mom, they have spears. I have Jesus." Yeah, yeah, right. It's covered. This is. <laughs> I know. Right. It yeah. sells itself. Mom. I'm protected. Exactly. I'm protected by Jesus. And what does Mom say at that point? Right. Mom just sit down and go. Good luck. That's right. You do have Jesus. You know she doesn't. You know she doesn't think that. Right. And he wasn't right with him, obviously, because no. whack, right? How no, about no. it, right? He was. He but was... the fact that he went back, they let him go with oh. a warning. You know, I think he had a spear in him, and they were like, all right. And then I think he taxied back because he had to pay a fisherman to take him back there. And the fisherman probably knew, like, you're, you're dead, dude. You're, you ain't coming wait, back. Go, wait, this. go back there. Are you saying that so he like, threw once. one spear in him? He went and he once. Was like, okay, read, I'm back read the now. whole full report. He, he goes once and then gets out. And then 
decided to go back to show his persistence towards the, the natives yeah. as to how much he's, uh, you know, committed how, to committing them to go? Christianity. Do you think it was Not like well. just a shank well. inside, or how I mean, did he... I, there's a detailed report online. Uh, you got you could read it, the the, the listeners out there, and uh, tonight before you go to bed, it's a fascinating story. I'm just like, what the fuck? But I mean, yeah, it's just odd, you know, that um, that's the current state of the world. Um, let's 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 flip everything and uh, leave the serious stuff, push it back. Uh, let's talk about pop culture. It's been a while since we we rolled the pop culture dial here on the podcast. Uh, the fucking Rolling Stones, man, are coming back. That's yeah. unbelievable. So what's up with that, man? I mean, like, first off, at their age, and I think Mick's 76, right? Can we start with the youngest on the panel for this one? Please. It's called uh, God's Waiting Room Tour, right? That's the I'll look it up. What's the thing? How do you feel about the Stones coming back? I'll look it up. What'd you call it? Hospice 2019. <laughs> I just, I, uh, God bless them, dude. I'm I'm thrilled. I mean, I'm going to try to go. I mean, I need to see it, dude. I'm like, because uh, you're you not going to see them again. I have. I saw them back in 2012 when they had the Gur tour, and uh, that was amazing. Like I, I mean, the it's new still... security tour, I think it was called. What had the gorilla on there? You know, that guy looked like me. I was like, it was <laughs> but, like 1999. You ever see the Stones? Yeah, a, f- a few times. And, wow. And I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't know, either jaded or anybody like in the 70s now. I'm not going back to watch them because I feel like I, they can't be better. I don't care what they say, but well, they, they just can't be better. Right? I mean, well, they were amazing, though. He like, spoke so cigarette, we lose amazing. one year of life. You know, right. that's how it works. It's working out for him. Wait, how old's Mick Jagger? He, yeah, he's seventy-five. His birthday's in July, so he just. So you know, I think a lot of that's too. They're just muscle memory. They've just been doing it so long. It is, it's it's all the way they, memory, the way yeah. we breathe is the way they jam. You know what I mean? It's just like. Have you so seen? I, I've never seen him, and I'm not like a big concert goer anymore. I'm. It's like oddly enough, like I've cut that part of my budget out. Um, but I'm kind of in the same boat with you in that I don't see people before like 1980 because only for this the sheer fact of not that I wouldn't love to see the Rolling Stones at mm-hmm. any point, but I'm like they're probably charging a hundred dollars a ticket for the worst oh, seat keep possible. Going. Keep I know going. it's probably like, two fifty to get in there. I remember when ACDC came around easily. Maybe well, it depends like where you want to sit. I mean, you know, that, I mean, there's not going to be a bad sit in the house. How I mean, much was ACDC? You know what they look like. We all sound like they're going to show. You know, I mean, I'm definitely going to go, man. I'm, I'm and definitely going to get tickets. ACDC was hundred and fifty dollars. Hundred fifty. In the nosebleeds in the Spectrum or the Wachovia Center, or whatever it was, um, and that was like in 2012. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I can't. I'm not doing it. Not, mm-hmm. not like I'm drawing the line. Yeah, most concert tickets now. I mean. I'm a huge Wu-Tang fan. They announced the concert uh, January 25th at uh, Franklin Hall or something like that. I'm going to call it the fucking Electric Factory, by the way. I don't know, yeah. Um, tickets, they were like, oh, this morning they're like, pre-sale, use the word cream uh, <laughs> to get tickets early. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm going to get it. 120 bucks. And I'm just for like... Wu-Tang? For Wu-Tang. Electric Factory? At the Electric Factory. That's crazy. There's a band that, that I uh, discovered uh, with everybody else, I guess, last year, Greta Van Fleet. I was like, oh, I'm going to check them out. This new Led Zeppelin. Yes. $100. It was $100 really? for those guys? $100. I'm surprised yeah. by that. And tickets, see, what happens is tickets will go on sale for $30, $40, and then they'll you know, be adjusted with StubHub and all these different places. But I also think that Ticketmaster adjusts the prices as well because they're printing them out. Also, too, for a hack for the Bobcast listeners, uh, Magic Cat, uh, fellow Bobcast contributor, He's got this great uh, thing that you could do if you go to uh, what's what's the E Center called now? 
tweet? Oh, Twitter? No, it is Twitter. It's Twitter. That's me. It's a Twitter. Uh, BB&T Pavilion. Okay, so you go to BB&T. Say you're there in the summer and you're, you're going to see Grateful Dead, right? Yeah. Uh, it starts raining. You're on the lawn, right? And you want to sneak in. Everybody wants to sneak in, right? And there's a bunch of people. That's exactly so, what happened this past year. So he did it. And when he got, he went right up to the guy. Instead of trying to be coy, went right up to the guy who's security to get underneath the band shell type thing and says, Hey, man, my phone died. My tickets are on, the tickets are on my phone now because they don't print tickets. What the hell are they going to do? Take you over to a charging station? He's like, oh, I, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Then let them go. Try it, podcast listeners. See if you can get in. <laughs> yeah. I used to well, hop can you the get away with it? Oh, oh yeah, I did too. It was yeah. just the, it was the, besides the man, that's like the easiest place there to get There is some crazy ass footage of the Twitter Center, Twitter Center, um, Snoop Dogg's concert, which was like two summers ago. You know how like uh, the stage is all the way here and then like, you know, the separation between the lawn and the shell? Well, they put a stage right here, right? So they're performing like, on like right on the floor, Above looking up at the lawn. Has anybody seen this video? So Snoop's doing his thing, right? And the whole guardrail just crashes down. All the people from the lawn go forward. Massive lawsuit. Snoop Dogg's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here, and just <laughs> he just you know exits real quick. But um, the the concert promoter and I think Snoop, I, there was a massive lawsuit they had to settle. Well, I didn't know anything about that that's at all. That's news to me. Um, you know, but it comes to concert tickets and music, though. But you know what? There's so much other better music out there, too. I mean, you know, yeah, the headliners are always going to cost a lot of money because they know they got the draw. Mm-hmm. You know, we understand that. I mean, like, but like, for instance, like Stones. Like, I'm, I'm not, I didn't buy a ticket when they first went on sale because they're not going to sell out the Lincoln right? Financial yeah. Field on mm-hmm. a Tuesday. They're just not. And if you wait a little bit, you know, the tickets will drop. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just testing the market, you know, feeling it out and see what, what everything's doing. But you can go to Southern Cross Kitchen. And find a good show for absolutely free. Oh, absolutely. And free doesn't, you can't be free, man. Tell the Bobcast listeners what's going on in Southern Cross uh, Kitchen with Rotation So Southern Cross Kitchen and Rotation Records have collaborated to bring some local live music there. Um, Bob's been very good about suggesting some decent bands, something divine being one of them. Uh, And uh, we're going to continue to book bands there. Uh, We're going to start up again in 2019. Uh, They just started the music and they wanted to keep it live and local, which is perfect because there's so much talent in this area and that's what I love about what I do because you're giving these hard-working bands that work really really hard to do what they do you know come in every night load in load out you know late at night two in the morning getting home three in the morning to their kids and their family and trying to just put bread on the table man and I, I respect that massively so I'll do anything to try and uh, you know help out with that um, to the point where you know like Pete Canella, that guy, that uh, the millennial crooner, you know, who mm-hmm. does that, the um, Frank Sinatra stuff. We're having a big New Year's Eve party for him at Anthony's Italian Restaurant in uh, Drexel Hill, and it's him and his entire orchestra for New Year's Eve, which is going to be a good one. Uh, you can find that information at uh, Anthony's Restaurant on Google and also on Facebook. There's a, a website event. Uh, Rotation Records also doing one, uh, a big rap show at um, the Center Theater. And that's a, a New Year's Eve event, too, that's going to have a champagne toast at midnight. It's $30, $30 for general mission, And it's all local, you know, musicians that are going to be participating in it. Like, you know, for all these big, big things going on, there's so many other good shows to go to that are extremely affordable. And, you know, you'll be thoroughly entertained and have a great time with your friends. And you don't have to pay, you know, $180 to go see, mm. you know, man, you got the, these great local people that are around here now. 
The Center Theater is the one in Norristown, right? Can you tell yeah. Bobcast listeners about that with the, what's going on Rotation Records since? Uh, yeah, we've been co- we collaborated with the uh, Center Theater, and uh, they just recently improved it, man. They they completely revamped right, the inside. inside. Yeah, they uh, uh they you know redid the seating, you know, just completely did the interior, and uh, we have been collaborating with them doing some some different shows because um, just. Ironically, right next door to them is the Rotation Records studio, the main one. Oh, really? Yeah, I had no idea it was right yeah, there. Yeah, with, 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 there's no advertising on it. It's kind of like you got to know. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly where it's at. So it's a really, really great place because it's like, you know, perfectly, hey, not only we're making great music here, we're also presenting it right next door. You know, it's just really, really cool. Um, and there's going to be more stuff like that coming down the pike as uh, we go into 2019, which we're really excited about. I mean, definitely a lot of stuff in the works with rotation that's pretty exciting and um, i'm really happy to be a part of it um hopefully you guys will come too man you know come check out some of these shows we've got some good stuff coming down the pike and uh, you'll definitely be hearing announcements on all of that as we get in the new year but uh what are you guys getting for christmas let me just tell you real quick before we go over our christmas list (laughs) (laughs) it's important man it's important to actually have somebody who's passionate about music to help bands like you're a godsend to bands you know like something divine, like they love you, you know yeah, what I mean? Because great. most people who are promoters or <coughs> bookers, they're not compassionate towards what goes into the whole process of being a musician. It sucks. Yeah. Getting home three o'clock in the morning and you got to take a shower because you're sweaty as fuck, you know, like. You're carrying you know, yeah. all that equipment around and no matter what, you know, <coughs> raining, snow, sleep, whatever. Yeah, it's rough, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, 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 it's you got to love that job to do it. And I, and I tell you, I, I do love this job because I'm so passionate about music that, you know, it, you know I, I moonlight and I spend all my other time away from my work focusing on that. And it just, I've, I've always loved music. I believe in it. And, but I believe more into people that believe in themselves. Mm. They, you know, if they got that passion, man, I'll, I'll do anything I can to try and help them because I believe it's worth it. See, it's really important like for um, musicians to have a conduit that can inspire them when they're playing live. Like every time that you would come see my band, you know, back in the day, I was oh, like, God, oh, yeah, we're, we're gonna best nights, man. We're gonna have so a good fun. set, you know. So like, there really is this push pull between bands and audiences. You know, if like if you're a band and you're looking at the audience and everyone's looking down at their cell phone, having conversations with their private parts, you know, like yeah, it, it just. It sucks, you know? Especially if there's a TV on, too. I used to hate that. If a TV was on, I'd be like, why is the goddamn TV on, man? Yeah, it's supposed to be focused on you guys, right? Yeah. My brother just played a gig in Delaware, and they had a Roadhouse on. With Patrick Swayze? Yeah. On I, the, I, I, I kind of would like that. <laughs> well, it was, it was kind of yeah, cool, because they're, they're a rockabilly band, so mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of cool, but like, even the band was getting distracted. Like, man, because of, yeah. Who would? Patrick Swayze was it, kicking Was the volume on? No, no, no. Okay. But subtitles. Okay. They're fight by the river. Subtitles. Yeah, subtitles. Yeah. I mean, they just really shred mm-hmm. each other. It's pretty awesome. How about the, he, Patrick Swayze walks in the back room? He's like, I'm on my break, boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We could do a hair. whole podcast that on Roadhouse. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just That's hysterical. I just felt bad because I'm usually the first person dancing at his shows. And it was just like, I just see people looking at the band and <coughs> ADD and up to the TVs. That is and crazy how and, ADD we are now. Oh, yeah. And just. I, I caught get... myself last night. Like, I was trying to watch something before I went to bed on YouTube on my ADD device. And I just couldn't pay attention. I said to myself out loud, I think, man, my ADD is cracking right now. I just couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't focus, you know? I mean, I work with screens during the day, editing, you know? Like, so, it's rough. Um, for Christmas, uh, I am going to get... I don't know yet. 
the Hulk animated series from 1982. If you're listening, <laughs> Teresa, get me that. I think it's only in Region 2 in Great Britain. So. I, might, I might get you something. I don't know if people do this, but I'm going to plug my buddy, Daniel DeFranco. He should be listening at some point to this. And his book, The Panic Years. Mm-hmm. So, band guy, old Panic band years. guy, maybe band guy, brother's band guy. <laughs> He, he wrote a book. He was trapped. All the kind of angst that I could hear as you guys were talking. Now? It's out now. And uh, it's, yeah. Daniel DeFranco's Panic Years. I'm pretty sure if you Google Facebook it, it's going to come up. Or you can message. Facebook. He probably can. He'll sign it. Full of Rocky. Say he loves Open you. Open the window. Yo. Yeah. But everything you guys were just talking about and young bands coming up, that whole conversation, yeah. I, you could talk for For hours. For we did. We did a whole podcast that you could listen yeah. to about rotation awesome. records. Uh, I can't remember. It's a few episodes back. Joe, what do you want to plug? I got nothing to plug. I got a um, I got my second album coming out probably in like January. Mm-hmm. Um, but like most of my albums, they're just they're just free. So that's what I like about you. It's yeah. good to be free, um, not to overthink things. Yeah, I'm looking to just be like Harry Nilsson. I don't want to perform. I just want to record and then have other people turn it into a hit so I can make money and relax. Mm-hmm. Um, so that only works if people listen to it and download it and share it. So yeah, that should be in January. But all he needs is five grand to get back out of here. That's all I need. Is you ever have a band called Crack the Sky? No. Crack the Sky was a prog rock band that was back in the day. They sold hundreds and hundreds of albums. They weren't really, really huge. I mean, it's, but with the prog rock community, I'm not, you know, the biggest prog rock band. But uh-huh. uh, DMK Publicity, which is Denise Kovalevich, was telling oh, yeah. me about them that they are actually got back together and they're going to be playing an Armour musical. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is like uh, January the 20th. I'd be kind of interested in something like that because those are the kind of guys that like like made it and it fell into obscurity. Now they're just like trying to kind of come back. I find fascinating. I, I find those stories fascinating. You know what I mean? Kind of like you guys. Like I would love for Downtown Harvest to come. Uh, I'm down. Ooh. So uh, I tape, I'm down. Dude, you come on. I'll get help Chris you promo to do. We'll get that Frank. stuff back out there. I would love to get you guys back on the stage. It's just like awesome. muscle memory. I can play the songs right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you can. <laughs> my name is Bob. This was the first all-star Bobcast podcast, if you will, with Matt Savia, Dave O'Rourke, and Joe Stengel. <laughs> My name is Bob, and this has been another episode of Bobcast. Oh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Oh, yeah. Kwanzaa, <laughs> Hanukkah. Don't forget to censor yourself. It's kid and baby, it's cold. Make sure you drop me a like or a comment down there in the comment section.